How's everyone doing? Good. Happy uh, Memorial Day weekend. It's the official, unofficial start to the summer. And uh, you can see here it's uh, very warm today. I'm wearing my sweater and everything. So, uh, so uh, yeah, so it's great. Um, the, so the summer is sort of unofficially here. And a lot of us, when the summer comes, where do we go? We go to the beach. We go to the park. Uh, one of my favorite parks to go to is Ramapo Reservation. How many of you guys have been there before? Anyone been there? One of the things you notice whenever you go to Ramapo Reservation is the fact that there are, there are always more dogs than there are human beings, right? <laughs> whenever I was jogging there the other day, and I had to like watch where I was, I was jogging because there were these bombs like everywhere, like landmines. You have to be, you have to be careful. Um, but I, I, for those of you who know me, I really love dogs. I, I, I don't have any dogs, but I, but I love dogs. And one of my shows is uh, The Dog Whisperer by uh, Caesar Milan. Have you guys seen that show? I think it's on TLC, right? Yeah. So there's this show, and if you don't know what it's about, it's about this dog psychologist. And uh, what he does, he, he goes to different owners, dog owners, and helps these dogs change their behavior and uh, helps them... Uh, helps the owners understand their the dog psychology to help them change how, how they, they react and all of that. And there's, this, there's a saying, um, uh, Kyle's laughing because I know he uses a lot of his uh, techniques. Um, yeah, there's this uh, saying, you can't teach an old dog new tricks, right? But uh, he totally disproves that on the show. He, he, he teaches dogs new behaviors. And uh, for, for many of you who do have dogs, uh, you notice that dogs are very loyal, and that's one of the characteristics of dogs. They're, very, they're known to be very loyal. And um, Caesar Milan says the reason dogs are loyal is because they are very quick to forgive. No matter what you do to your dog, no matter how much you mess with your dog, they forget about the past, and they're ready to, to come up to get petted by you, right? And the reason they're so quick to forgive is the fact that they, they, they don't live in the past. They live in the present. But human beings, we're, we're totally different. We tend to live in the past. And we tend to, to remember all the times that people have wounded us or afflicted us, and, and we forget about that. And sometimes uh, we have pasts that are filled with so much uh, woundedness and so much pain and so much anxiety. And that prevents us from living in the present, from living in, in, in the fullness of what God wants us to be and where God wants us to be. So that's what we're going to talk about today. So if you have your Bibles, uh, we're going to turn to Mark chapter 11, verses 22 to 25. That's Mark chapter 11, verses 22 to 25. And I'm going to read that for you. Then Jesus said, to the disciples, have faith in God. I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. But when you, when you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart, I tell you, you can pray for anything, and if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. But when you are praying, first forgive anyone you're holding a grudge against, so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. I'll read verse 25 again. But when you are praying, first forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. So we're going to do something a little bit different today, and we're, we're going to focus specifically just on verse 25. 
because it's very important. Jesus wants to teach us about forgiveness. And Jesus was, was talking to his disciples, and he was telling them that in order to live a life in the fullness of faith in God, in order to, to live a life walking in the fullness of the authority and the power of God, and on mission for Jesus, we have to be a community that forgives others. We have to be compelled to forgive others. So during our time this morning, we're going to, going to talk about the issue of forgiveness. We're going to deal with the issue of forgiveness and, and learn about how we can look back on the wounds that people have inflicted on us and be healed so that we could live in the fullness of the power of walking in, in who Jesus has made us to be. Innocent people, including yourself and myself, regardless of what our background is, are afflicted by wounds that have been caused by others. I'll say that again. Innocent people, including yourself and myself, have wounds inflicted by others, either intentionally or unintentionally. We know that there is evil operating in the world. We don't live in a world of, of innocence anymore. And if you just look at the news, we've, we've just seen just the past few months the, the three girls that were kidnapped in Cleveland. Thankfully, they were rescued. The Boston Marathon victims, innocent victims that were, that were killed in the terrorist attack. And also in Newtown, Connecticut, we, we, we remember the innocent children that lost their lives. And I'm not saying this to scare you. I'm just, I'm just saying this because there, there's a reality in the world. Innocent people face wounds inflicted by others. Oftentimes, we don't even know how to deal with wounds and deal with unforgiveness. So it stays with us. We don't know what to do. Whenever we don't deal with unforgiveness, what happens is that it becomes a door for Satan, for the enemy to take advantage of us. The enemy looks at us and says, oh, look at that guy over there. He has this unforgiveness. I didn't give him this unforgiveness. He has it and he's holding it, he's holding onto it on his own. So I'm going to go and take advantage of that. I'm going to go and try to use that to steal, kill, and destroy and to take away from that person's life. So the enemy uses that, that open door that we give him to lead us down the road of addictions, to lead us into anger, to lead us into depression, to lead us into anxiety. If we don't deal with our unforgiveness, the enemy will. And that's why we have to deal with it. Oftentimes, we pretend that our past doesn't affect us. Sometimes we say that, oh, you know what, my childhood, my past, it doesn't affect who I am. I'm totally fine today. And we don't deal with it because of our pride issues. But our past, both positive or negative, shapes who we are today and shapes us and affects who we become. Many of you, if you have parents or you, you yourself are from the World War II generation or the, the generation coming out of the Great Depression, you might have been taught you know, just to be in survival mode all the time. Don't worry about unforgiveness issues from the past. Don't worry about your emotions. We just need to get through the day. We just need to survive. And even if you look at some of the historical figures from the past, like, like Hitler or Osama bin Laden, we don't really talk about or think about their past or their childhood. We just say, oh, they, they woke up one day and decided to commit all these crimes against humanity. 
But if you look at the history, you see that there was so much unforgiveness and bitterness that was a part of their childhood. They had unforgiveness against the United States. They had unforgiveness against their fathers and, and, and the community that they were living in. And it all manifested out later. If we don't begin to deal with our unforgiveness issues from the past, it is going to manifest. It is going to come out later on in life. So how do we begin to deal with the unforgiveness that we hold on to and its effects in our life? We know that when we become a follower of Jesus, everything changes. We take on a new identity. We are reconciled to God and become his child. And we have a new beginning. And when we have a new beginning, we're able to, to look at our past in a whole different light. And we're finally able to say we, that we are a product now not, now, not of our past only, but also our, our present through the cross. And we're now a product of the resurrection. We all know when, when children get adopted, they get a new last name. And they get adopted into a new family. And when they do, they're infinitely at a better place where they can now look at their past and the wounds of their past and, and evaluate it in a whole different light. If a person who's in, in financial poverty, if they win the lottery one day and they become a millionaire or inherit a billion dollars, they're now able to look back into their past and, and remember the times when they couldn't pay their bills and remember the times they couldn't uh, pay their parking tickets. And, and it takes on a whole new meaning because now they can pay the parking tickets of everyone around them in, in their neighborhood. And it, and it takes on a whole different light when we look at things in that perspective. Through the cross, Jesus defeated not just the sins that we've inflicted on others, but we believe that, that he's dealt with the power of sin, period, and the control of sin in our lives. And we are no longer a victim of, power, of the power of sin inflicted by others through the blood of Jesus. And so we understand now that the power of healing, the power of, um, sorry, the power of sin only has as much power as we allow it to have in our lives. And then when we understand that, the process of healing starts to begin. When we start to understand our identity, when we start to walk in it, we learn to, to, to know what it's like to be in a new family. We learn how to, to walk differently. We learn how to talk differently. We learn how to have a different outlook on life. We learn how to love others. We learn how to forgive. God wants to restore and heal us and redeem what Satan has taken away. If we perceive our wounds from the past through the perspective of the identity we have now in Christ, those damaged emotions from the past begin to change and, and they begin to slowly start being restored. And when that happens, we can start on that journey to find forgiveness. You know, Jesus commanded us to forgive. He commanded us to forgive. Why? Because he forgave us first on the cross. By the very definition of being a Christian, being a follower of Jesus, what we're, what we're, what we're claiming is that Jesus' blood that he shed on the cross, his forgiveness is now flowing down to us and out from us 
out into other people. And when he taught his disciples how to pray, there's a line in there that says, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. And then again, Jesus says in Matthew 5, love your enemies. Love your enemies. When we forgive others, what we're actually doing is making a declaration by saying that, you know what? The sin that has happened against me, that power has no longer, that has no longer, that no longer has power on our lives. And the power of sin is broken. When we forgive someone else, we're, what we're essentially saying is that that person has no more control over me anymore because of the sin that they've committed. Sometimes we have to start by forgiving ourselves, especially if, if you're someone that has grown up in a family that was very manipulative or very repressive or oppressive. A lot of times you, you may have been raised to, to think that, that sins or wounds committed against you are partially your fault. And, and, and the majority of the time it's not. And for that we have to begin to forgive ourselves. Other times we also have to begin by forgiving God. A lot of us have anger against God because during the times that, that others have sinned against us, we ask God, where were you? Why weren't you there to help me? Why weren't you there to save me? And we take out our anger and our bitterness on God and blame him. For all of you that have children here, you, you know that, that children often uh, take their, their anger out on you. No matter what happens in their life, they'll, they'll come to you and take all their anger out on you because you're the ones that are closest to them. You're the ones that are in, in the deepest relationship with them. But we need to forgive God and say, God, you know, some of these wounds, they're, they're not caused by you. And finally, and also most importantly, we have to begin to be a people that forgives others. Forgiving others takes risk. It's not an easy thing to do. Whenever you go to someone and, and ask them for forgiveness, you're, making a, you're taking a risk. You're opening up yourself to be wounded again or to be hurt again. And it's a risk. A lot of times, maybe the person that has wounded you or sinned against you is no longer living, so you're not able to forgive them. Maybe it's a person whose emotional maturity level is so low that it's, it's not even going to make any sense if you go up to them and, and ask them for forgiveness. It's not going to be constructive. They're not even going to be able to process it or understand it. But even in those situations, we have to be a people that, that, that are willing to forgive in our hearts and in our minds. Forgiving is also not forgetting. Forgiving is not forgetting or pretending the sin never happened. The memory of the woundedness, the memory of the sin will still remain. But what changes now is that when we go back, it's a healed memory. Forgiving is also not excusing. It's not excusing the sin that has been committed against us. If a sin has committed against you, there, there are consequences. And there are consequences that have to be dealt with. Maybe uh, it's, it's a consequence big enough that the, that the law or the justice system has to deal with. But even if man's law and, and the society's justice system is not able to deal with it or not able to look at it, 
God's justice will deal with it. And, and God's justice has dealt with it on the cross. And we know that the cross is about not just forgiveness, but it's about justice and forgiveness. For many of you who have uh, children here, um, when, when your children come up to you as, as a kid and they say, oh, there's, there's a monster in my closet, there's a monster in my room, what, what are you going to do about it, Dad? What are you going to do? Are you going to do anything about it? And then as a parent, you say, yeah, I'm going to take care of this. I'm going to go up there and I'm going to beat up that monster and he's, he's never going to want to come back again. And you're like, yeah, Dad, that's right. And you believe it's going to happen. You trust, you trust that God's going to bring justice for you, right? We trust it. We believe it. We know if we, if we had good parents or good role, role models, we believe that it's going to happen and we trust it. Forgiveness means resolving to live with the consequences of another person's sin against us but not allowing it, it to control who we are in Christ. I'm going to do a little illustration here, and I need four volunteers. All right, I already got one. Don't worry, you're not going to have to, Joe. Don't worry, you're not going to have to sing or dance or do anything like that. And then you've got to forgive me. Yeah, you guys, you can, you can stand over there. I need two more people. Too bad the college kids aren't here, right? Yes, come on up. The college kids are an easy target, but they're not here today. So, uh, yes, Colleen, come on up. You guys uh, go down to that. Uh, let's give you guys a hand. All right. Okay. Now, forgiveness is not just something we do to fulfill God's moral requirement, right? As I said today, uh, when we forgive someone, we're actually letting go that person's control that they have on us in our life. When you don't forgive people, what happens is, is that they don't just disappear from your life. They're always there. They follow you wherever you go. So when I go on vacation with my wife, I go on vacation with my wife over here. I'm in Jamaica. These people follow me. Follow me. Come on. They follow me there, okay? And I'm supposed to be present with my, with my wife, with Jody. I'm supposed to be present with my family. Uh, <laughs> and, 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 and they're smothering me. I, I'm supposed to be present with, the, with my wife loving her, giving her my full attention, <laughs> giving her my full attention and letting, letting God's love flow from me to her and, and to be there and be there 100%. But I can't do that. Why? Because there's this block, this, this entourage of people is just blocking that process. I can't do it. Why do, why, why do, I, want, why do I want these people to come with me on vacation? I, I don't know. Because you paid for me to go on <laughs> yeah, vacation with exactly. you. <laughs> they came with me on vacation. I didn't ask them to come, but, but they came because they're people I haven't forgive, forgiven. And then when I go over here, when I go, to, when I go over to Dunkin' Donuts and I'm trying to be missional and trying to, trying to get to know the, the staff that work there, these people follow me there. And, and I'm, supposed to, I'm, I'm supposed to be connecting with them and, and loving them and, and showing them God's love. But, but what happens is I can't because I'm so preoccupied with these people that, that are here. I can't. I, I can't be who Jesus wants me to be. And then when I, when I head over here and I, and I go to my missional community on Sunday nights, these people follow me. I can't get rid of them. And, and I'm, I'm supposed to be able to be vulnerable and, and open up and, and, and share, but maybe one of these, one of these people that... that, that have committed a sin against me. Um, 
he's, he's undressing me right here, right? <laughs> one, of, one of these people pre prevented me from, from being vulnerable in my, in my group. And I, and I can't share and I can't be myself because I'm dealing with all this unforgiveness. And I, and I can't handle it. And then when, when my missional community goes out here to go serve the poor and to serve, serve the homeless and, or, or, or serve in Hurricane Irene or whatever, these people come and follow me. <laughs> and, and they mess me up. And, I'm, take and, they take, and they take my wallet and they take my stuff. <laughs> I'm supposed to be serving God here. I'm supposed to be serving these people. I'm supposed to be filled with God's love and God's presence for them and, and le letting it flow from him to me and out to these people, but I can't because these people are here and they're messing me up. <laughs> you guys can wait right there. You don't have to follow me this time. <laughs> Why? Thanks. Why? Why? Why do we want these people to follow us? Why do I want these people to follow me wherever I go in life? It makes no sense. And the question I have for you is, who is it that you have to forgive? Who is it that's following you around into your family, into your workplace, into your home? Who is that person? For some of you, it's easy to identify some of those people. You could cross the people from the bottom of the list. Joe here, when, when I was in elementary school, he pulled my pants down. And, and he's, uh, <laughs> he's easy to forgive. God, I forgive him. He's a piece of punk. You know, he didn't know what he's doing. I forgive him. Go sit down. Go sit down. That's all right. I forgive you. We're friends. For some of us, it's hard to, to want. <laughs> one of the reasons we can't forgive is, is because of pride. And we hold on to it. We hold on to it so deeply. We think that, that by holding on to this bitterness, by not forgiving someone, we're somehow in control of that person right? And we say, oh, I'm, I'm mad at this person. I'm just going to stay, stay bitter forever. I'm just going to be bitter forever, and that way I can control them, and I, and I could capture them. But no, but although we think that we're in control, inside we're, we're dying. Inside we're decaying when we hold on to that bitterness. Some of you have told me that, that oh, I've, I've reached this age. I've re reached that age. I can't change now, but no. A lot of us have people that that we haven't forgiven for decades. Maybe be siblings or neighbors. Maybe your, 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 your sister was a matron of honor in your wedding and she didn't make you a bridesmaid in, in, in her wedding and you haven't talked to her ever since. Maybe your, your, your neighbor, you don't talk to your neighbor because, because he called the cops on you three decades ago for letting your, because your dog ran into his backyard and went to the bathroom there or something. I don't know. But these are common stories. Give the pride to God, and he will help you with forgiveness. So I, I forgive you. You can go. What, what, one of you. Omar can leave. He, he's a troublemaker right here, so you can, go, you can go sit down. I want to forgive him. But for some of us, the wounds are very deep. They, they go down very deep. And maybe as a child or as an adult, we've been wounded in a very, very deep place by someone in our family or someone, our spouse or our coworker or a family member in, in a way that was so troubling or, or a person of authority. 
And, and God, if that's you, God wants to start the process of healing now. Maybe you can't forgive that person all at once, but maybe you just have to start by just taking the first step and start praying for them. There were these two guys in high school that I, that I had to forgive for something they did to me totally unintentionally. And I was like, God, I can never forgive these people. So I said, okay, I'll start, I'll start praying for them. And I said, at the, at the very end of my prayer every day, at the very last step, I'll just say under my breath, oh, God, you know, forgive these two guys. You know, forgive them, forgive them, Lord, forgive them. And then years passed, and one day I saw them. And the most amazing thing happened. I had absolutely no bitterness. I was so shocked. I had no bitterness. I had no anger towards them. It was amazing. And in fact, I wanted to love them. Like, I, I couldn't understand it. God's love was flowing through me from him out to these people that, that used to be my enemies. You guys can sit down. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Forgiving, forgiving is not easy. You know what? In fact, it's messy because it involves our emotions. Forgiving involves processing our emotions. It involves tears. It involves sweat. It involves blood. It, it, it involves pain. There are many of us here that have never known God that intimately where we could just go before him and lay down our pain and, and our, our tears and, and just weep before him or, or with a friend for that matter. Jesus, when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, uh, he, was, he was praying before he was betrayed. And we all have seen the paintings of Jesus laying prostrate in the ground. And what he was doing is he was giving his emotions out to God. All, the, all his thoughts, all the things that God was telling him to do, all, everything that was going on, he was, he was just laying it before God, weeping. It says blood was coming out of his eyes like tears were coming out and they were flowing. And for many of us, that's something that we have to start doing so that we could find forgiveness with others. Jesus laid his emotions before God and he got to the point where finally when he was at the cross, he was able to say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Colossians 3.13 says, Forgive as the Lord forgave you. If we here at the plant want to be a community that's exercising the power and the authority and the faith and being effective in the mission of God, we have to first be a people that are free. Amen? We have to be a people that are free. What would it look like if we were a community that forgave each other, that forgave others, and demonstrated God's forgiveness to the world? It'll, it'll change everything. So I'm going to, as we close, I'm going to ask you to bow your heads, and we're just going to spend some time in prayer, and the, uh, the band can come up and get ready for, for communion. What I want you to do is, is to now just, just think about who is in your entourage. Who do you carry around in your life, the people that you have not forgiven yet? Maybe it's some people that have, have given you shallow and, and superficial wounds, and, and maybe there are some people who have given you very deep wounds. I want you to picture who that person is right now or who those people are. And we're going to spend some time in prayer. And also, as you come up to communion, just, just continue to think about that. And remember that Jesus forgave us so that we could forgive others.
Lord God, we come before you because we are a people that, that wants to be free. We are a people that want to be on mission with you, making you known here in this earth, walking in the fullness of your power and your authority, healing the sick, casting out demons, preaching the good news, God. But we can't do that if we have all these people that we haven't forgiven yet. God, we choose to take a small step of faith today just to lay one of these people down and to maybe even start the process of asking you to forgive. Because, because God, you were the God that raised Jesus from the dead. You were the Holy Spirit that turned Saul, the persecutor of Christians, to Paul, the evangelist. And we believe that in the power of the Holy Spirit, you can transform us and you can change us. We have hope knowing that tomorrow we could be a different person than we are today. It's not magic. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that can transform lives. And we want to be transformed so we can go out and do the same for others and make the kingdom of God known. We thank you, Jesus, for who you are and for being Jesus, the healer, the one that has healed us. Let us go out in your name and heal others for the gospel. Thank you for giving your life for us so that we could be free. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.